0: Hello, this is Matthew Johnson, and I'm the pastor of The Sanctuary here in Columbus, Indiana. Welcome to our podcast. I pray today's message inspires and challenges you. Feel free to visit us at thesanctuary.church if we can serve you in any other way. So now, let's head to church where we are in session. Thank you, Lord. Magnify the name of Jesus tonight. I want you to think for just a moment. You know, when someone gives you a gift and they give you $500, well, you're pretty happy, aren't you? Anyone happy when you get $500? When I give my wife something and when I get her flowers, I love when she loves me back and say, thank you for those flowers, I love you. But what about those moments when I'm not giving anything and she just loves me for who I am? I want you just to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to lift your hands. I don't want you to praise him for your blessings. I just want you to praise him for who he is right now. Come on. I want you to forget about everyone else for just a moment. Lord, I love you. I magnify you. I thank you for being a good God. God, I thank you for all the blessings that I have, but more than that, I thank you for who you are. You are God Almighty. You're God on the throne. You are my Father. You are here for me. I give you praise and honor tonight. You're so worthy. We come together in one mind and one accord to give you praise. Can we clap to the Lord? Let's magnify Him. Amen. When you stepped in tonight, you may have known something. Notice something was missing. The bands have come off the pews. (laughs) COVID is getting better in our region. Our numbers now are looking much like they were last spring. I believe yesterday our cases in the state was around 500. And when you consider where we were, we're doing so much better. I'm very thankful for that. If you are here and you are high risk or you're feeling very cautious, this section right over here, section A, still has the bands on. If you don't like being around people, you can just go to that section and say, stay away from me. Otherwise, we are opening it up and we expect everyone, if, if you wanna be social distance and how you do that, we're letting you self-monitor yourself. Is that all right? We're gonna, we're gonna go to that next level. I know the next question someone's gonna ask about the mask. We are staying fully masked for right now. And when we feel like it's the right time, then we'll change that. Probably the next step in the process is we'll come to our seats and then we'll take our masks off. But for right now, I don't know about you, I just want this pandemic over. So if I have to wear it a little bit longer so we can have complete victory and then we can have, the mask burning party and bluebell festival doesn't that sound wonderful start a new tradition that sounds wonderful this friday and saturday is men's conference all the men say amen Amen. all the men who are here you are invited to attend they are sold out but guess what it's hosted at the sanctuary so you kind of have an in We can get you in to men's conference. It appears that there's gonna be over 700 men in this room Friday and Saturday. It's gonna be amazing. My pastor Scott Graham is gonna be here. This place is gonna be so filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, if you can at all make it. Don't give me the excuse I don't have the money. I will pay for your registration. I want every male, every male, raise your hand. You know you're a man then. Good, that's a good start. All right, I need you at men's conference. If you're not registered yet, I want you to see Brother Scott, our our drummer tonight. (laughs) I'm telling you what, ministry calls. I I turned to Ryan, I said, is that Brother Scott on the drums? My goodness. Next week it's clarinet, okay, next week. We are blessed at this church with an amazing ministry team. We are spoil rotten. And I wasn't bragging on me. I'm talking about our our ministers and our ministry team. And tonight we have the opportunity to hear from one of them. Brother Reggie Meeks, if you know him, then you know a great man of God, someone who is faithful to this church and someone who has the coolest prayer voice of anyone I've ever heard in my entire life. It isn't fair, not at all. Sammy Sherrill in Alabama has a pretty cool voice too. He, it's it's right up there. But tonight he has a word from God. I'm excited about this word. I was uh, in a session with him a couple weeks ago and I called him and I said, I feel like you have a word for the congregation. He's here, he's ready. This is not gonna be another Wednesday night service. Something's gonna happen in a few minutes.
1: Brother Richie, we want you to come. We
0: want you to take your liberty. Let the Holy Ghost flow through you tonight. In Jesus' name.
1: Sorry about that. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. You, uh, well, let's read a scripture first, and then I'll let you be seated. Uh, amen. How many is glad to be in the house of God tonight? Amen. serve a great and wonderful God. Uh, <clears throat> so our scripture uh, tonight, our primary scripture, is going to be found in the book of Psalms 69 and 9, and I'll read that one, and I'll let you be seated. Uh, there are a couple others that I will also dive into, but 16, uh, Psalm 69 and 9, it reads, For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are falling upon me. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How many know that this is a house of zeal? Amen. This is a house that zeal is found within the walls. Amen. And i like to also read, <clears throat> Uh, supporting scripture, secondary, this isn't going to be the primary scripture, but this is a secondary scripture in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 5. And it states, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. Amen. And so when I talk about this topic of zeal, and the house of God. This, 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 this word zeal, if you look up the definition of, of how it's defined in the dictionary, it talks about passion, committedness, love, having a fervor for something, believing in something, having a fire within you that burns fervently. Devoted to something, having an enthusiasm for what you're doing, is a form of zeal, eagerness, having an appetite, a hunger that can only be fulfilled by fulfilling what God has told you to do. That's a type of zeal, gusto, vigor, energy, having zeal In the book of John chapter 2 It talks about the story of Jesus It starts off with the marriage event in Cana Where you all know the story he? uh, ran into the situation where they had ran out of wine and his mother put him on the spot and said do whatever he tells you to do Amen, and it'll be all right. And so, in Cana was the first time that he performed a miracle. And his disciples being with him, observed what had taken place. And the scripture says, in uh, uh, John chapter two, verse 11, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. It said they believed on him. Hold that thought. And so we advance a little bit further in the chapter, in the verses. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changing changes of money sitting and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple, and the sheep and the oxen, and and poured out the uh, changers' money, and overthrew the tables, and said unto them that sold doves, take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And the next verse, and his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. They remembered that verse in Psalms that they were taught as children. But before their eyes, they were seeing that verse being played out. They come to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover and as they get to the temple they see a sight that was almost reprehensible it was reprehensible in the eyes of God in the temple in the place that God had established for his name in the temple They had set it up as a marketplace. Now, when we talk about, hallelujah, this temple being set up as a marketplace, let's take a step back and let's uncover, hallelujah, some of the things that could cause this to happen. Amen. For this to happen, somebody let let their guard down. Amen. Somebody compromised. Somebody in the chain of command stepped back and said, whatever you want to do in the house of God, you can do it. And so when Jesus makes his appearance and and he sees this sight that the house of God is being desecrated in this manner, he understands that there's a spirit in play here. He understands the fingerprints of Satan working. And so his response at that time, he, he forms a whip and he goes at whipping the people and, and forcing them and turning over the changes of money and, and, and compelling them to get out of the temple because this place is not a place of merchandise, it's a house of prayer. And he understood the workings of the adversary behind the scenes. And this is something, church, we have got to always be on guard for. And it's not all the time out there. Because when we leave here and go out there, most of the time we're on our guard. Because we know what the world has and what the world believes and what the world stands for. But when we come to the house of God and things are out of order, and things are out of place, I can guarantee you that the adversary is busy. And so what I want you and I to really grasp hold of, uh, the season that we're in as the church. We're in revival. God is doing great things. Hallelujah, souls are being redeemed. Souls are being baptized in the name of Jesus. People are being filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, God is doing great things. Hallelujah, but now is not the time to get complacent. Because the adversary, hallelujah, he sees what's happening in the house of God. Now, if he can find a way If he can get an avenue in, he's gonna come down to these altars. That spirit that's in that world is looking for a way in. But in order for that to happen, I'm so glad of the leadership that we have. Hallelujah. For holy men of God that are standing firm on the word of God, at the principles of the doctrine. But unfortunately, in this story, their men wasn't as holy as they should have been. And so somebody compromised and said, uh, well, if, if, if one person want to set up a, a stand uh, in the temple court, uh, it'll be okay, but, you know, we just can't let it get out of hand anytime we make any compromises concerning the house of God this is a sacred place this is a holy place and so anytime a compromise is made the adversary sees that as an opening and so what I want to do and what I want Uh, us as a church body to understand now more than ever we have got to close in closer. We got to believe harder. We got to pray more. Amen. Because God is doing a great work in our midst but the enemy is looking for a way to disrupt what God wants to do in the house of God. So we have got to be on our guard now. We've got to be more diligent than we've ever been. Babies are being born. Babies are being born. And I don't know about you, when my kids were born, I would do anything to make sure they had a safe environment to be raised in. A safe home to come up into that everything that they needed was in their home. And we're having babies born and everything they need is in this house. But you and I, we have got to become as diligent as ever now because of what's at stake. And so how did these sellers of merchandise and, 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 and these money changers get into, place, into the place of the temple that was compromised. The people in authority in positions of power they let their gods down. We are admonished to the word that we have to submit ourselves to God. We have to. When the enemy comes in like a flood the first thing we do is not rear up to go back at him, but the first thing that the church will do, will humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the will of God. And if we'll do that, the scripture says we resist him and he will flee from you. This scripture gives obvious insight into the fact that the Jewish leaders were not submitted to the laws of God or the will of God concerning their position and the duties they were tasked to carry out. It was the job of the Levites and the high priests to administer the service of the temple and to keep the temple. If Satan gets our leadership to compromise, then he will open the floodgates of hell to diminish the church's authority and power in this city. We are on our guards. It's this scene that Jesus comes into when he arrives at the temple. His disciples with him. They had earlier seen this miracle he had done. Their faith is elevated. The scripture says they believed on him now. And so when we talk about believing on him, Everyone usually will say, I believe in Jesus. But not everyone can say, I believe on Jesus. And there's a difference. There's a difference believing in him and believing on him. All right? And so when I talk about believing in him, I believe that he is my Savior. I believe that he is god manifested in flesh but when i talk about believing on him i'm talking about having a faith that rises to the point where you can confidently proclaim as was spoken in ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according his power that worketh in us. Church, there's power working in us. Amen. We are, hallelujah, believing not only in him but we're believing on him to do amazing things, to do great things. And so his disciples that were with him, they are ministers in training, disciples in training. And everything that he exposes them to is for purpose, It's for reason. And so at the Passover, they witness this event that's taking place in the temple. And they see his response to it. Now at this time, the way and the manner that Jesus responded to this affront, to this effacement of the tabernacle, could be considered to be out of character with him, as they known him to be up to this point. He reacted in a violent and an angry confrontational way. And what we got to understand, hallelujah, church, there is a time when sin comes through the doors, when, tr- when sin tries to trample over, hallelujah, the things that God has established. There is a time to rise up. There is a time to say no more. This is not gonna happen in the house. I refuse to sit idly by while sin triumphs in the house that God has built. Do you remember? Do you remember your deliverance experience? We can't forget that it was only his power and grace that broke the bonds that held us bound. When we take the time to reflect back on the things God has done for us, our memory reignites this spirit of thankfulness within our hearts, ensuring that we don't forget our past sins and sorrows that brought us to this place of repentance and salvation. And so it was at this site of the temple being defiled that Jesus, tempered, was inflamed. And his response was a release of anger that the disciples had never witnessed in their Messiah before. And it was during this display of his wrath in cleansing the temple of these invaders, that the scripture came back to their minds, that they had read in their youth, the zeal. The zeal of thy house has eaten me up. Church, what do we, what do we stand for? What fires you up? What can happen in your life? that the devil uh, uh, causes to occur that you are almost uncontrollably angry about, that you are not gonna stand for? Do Do you have lines, do you have boundaries in your life that, hallelujah, that the enemy, if he crosses this boundary, there's gonna be a fight? And I understand that we are people of grace and mercy, but we have to understand also that God is a God of grace and mercy, but he's also a God of wrath. He's also a God of judgment. And so you and I, we got to understand where are the boundary lines that I need to set for my life? That if the enemy crosses this line, this is totally unacceptable. And so what we find through Jesus' modeling for his disciples in training, for for those that are going to evangelize the world, he modeled for them that there are certain boundaries that you have got to stand fast for. There are certain things, hallelujah, that the enemy will try to inflict upon us as a people of God that we got to say, no, this isn't happening. And I'm telling you tonight that one of those things that we are saying, "Uh uh-uh, this isn't gonna happen. We are protecting our babies. We are protecting and we're gonna watch over, hallelujah, and keep all those that God brings through those doors to be saved, amen? So we gotta get our hearts right. We gotta get our, our minds fixed right what hallelujah are the boundary lines one of the boundary lines for me i i i i want to see the city saved and i know we're working at the church to to see that dream to see that realized but we also got to understand we have an adversary that's opposing that mission And so before it all pops off, as they say, I'm establishing myself. I'm preparing my heart. I'm preparing my mind that the zeal of Christ, I want that. You aren't going to do what you want to do there are certain points you can't cross. And if you do, there are gonna be consequences. This is the mindset. This is the zeal that I really believe is codified in the church. Because the church is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, the prophets and the apostles. And Jesus, he worked to make sure they understood that there are things that we go to war about with the enemy. There are things that we don't sit by and take idly when the devil raises his head up we got to understand this this is part of the of the dna of the church that we know where the lines are and the disciples these men in training seeing what jesus did responding in kind when you look at their stories their individual stories after jesus went back to glory, their lives individually speak to the fact that they had the zeal of God in their souls. This is our foundation. This is the foundation of the church. It's built upon the zeal that Christ brought into this world. Is built upon the zeal that he was willing to go to Calvary when he didn't have to. But to save you and I, hallelujah, the zeal of God took him to Calvary. And through the zeal of God that fell upon those men, they each willingly gave their life. They each willingly surrendered the most precious thing that God has given us, that the church could be established, that the church could be born. And I'm telling you, I'm telling myself, with that history, with that type of foundation, I can do no less. This is the bar. This is the expectation that Christ has set, hallelujah, for the kingdom of God. That we have to rise to the zeal that Christ had for the church. The zeal, the love that he had, I want to have it. And in that scripture that I read at the beginning, about Timothy and his spiritual heritage. Timothy had a, a spiritual heritage. Paul saw it in his grandmother. He saw it in his mother. And he perceived it was also in Timothy. And what I'm telling you today, church, we have a spiritual heritage amen the same thing hallelujah that drove christ to calvary that's the same zeal that's the same hallelujah conviction that's the same desire hallelujah that god had to see us saved that we gotta have to see this city saved. It takes nothing less. The expectation is, is nothing less than that. And we got babies. Man, how many people were baptized this past weekend? Oh my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, it's happening. It's happening. We're seeing it with our own eyes. God is working. And as he's working, Church, we got to come, hallelujah, up to the standard. That there's a zeal, hallelujah, in this house. Hallelujah, there's a zeal in the hearts of God's people. Hallelujah, yes, hallelujah, we are soul winners. Hallelujah, but we are not only soul winners. Hallelujah, but I want to be able to say like Jesus said, those that you gave me, Lord. I've lost none of them except that one that was prophesied. The son of perdition. But anyone that God brings through that door, hallelujah, I want to hold on to. I want to see them prosper. I want to see them grow in the Holy Ghost. I want to see them, hallelujah, mature, hallelujah, to the point where they're soul winners. Hallelujah, this is, hallelujah, our DNA. This is the zeal of the house of God. And you and I, hallelujah, God has personally chosen us for this time. Get your head around that. You aren't here by accident you aren't here by happenstance hallelujah when pastor got here it wasn't by accident hallelujah when brother Mullins told his testimony that wasn't an accident God is personally calling, he's personally selected. Hallelujah, I don't know everybody's testimony, but I'm telling you, if you don't know, God personally called you, chose you, selected you, and brought you out of that world, and set you where you're sitting tonight for a reason and for a purpose, to be a part of this revival that's taking place in this city. God invited you. God saw something in you. Hallelujah. That you will add to the body. Hallelujah. We play a small part. But it's God who does the choosing. It's God, hallelujah, that appoints us pastors after his heart. He knew where you needed to be. And thank God he did. And now that we're here, we gotta come into one mind. We gotta get in one accord. We gotta have that one spirit. We gotta have that one focus. And we understand that if we're gonna be successful, we got to embody the zeal of the house. The zeal that this house was built upon. The zeal is here tonight. Amen. God bless you. I'm done. Amen.
0: I want everyone to stand right now. It's time for us to respond to what we just heard. I had someone email me a picture this week of a few years ago when sacrifices were brought to an altar that made the sanctuary possible, there was a zeal there. But it was not so that we could build the sanctuary so we would come and just be comfortable. I did not give him a scripture text or a topic tonight, but can I tell you, he brought us a word. And if we're honest with ourselves, all of us could use a little more zeal. I'm inviting everyone to the altar right now. We're gonna pray for this. You see, what happens after a while is we, we start with that zeal and then what happens is life comes and frustrations come and stuff comes. And some of you right now are dealing with things that are incredibly difficult and things that could just steal it away. Is that Stephanie back there? Can't tell. Stephanie, you have every reason just to lose all your zeal. And yet you still come. There are some of you in here who've gone through incredible hurt and pain. And you could come up with a reason of why I've lost my zeal. Tyler, I see you there right now, just waiting on a new heart. And you could have every reason to say why you shouldn't be coming to church right now during COVID, but there's something churning inside of you. There's a zeal that brings you here on Sunday and Wednesday and men's book club and Bible study. It is a zeal inside of you. And wouldn't it be a shame we would baptize someone in Jesus' name and they would be all excited only to find a congregation that doesn't have the zeal that we need to have. They're excited, but, oh, I didn't know that I had to tone it down. I just thought that, I mean, Jesus forgave me of all my sins. I mean, do you realize what I came out of? I want us all to close our eyes right now. Lord, I thank you for delivering me one day. I thank you, God, for picking me up and giving me new opportunity. And Lord, sometimes I take your presence for granted and I come before you right now and I ask you, God, to forgive me for that. When I come into this house and I expect others to worship and I just watch the show, forgive me, God. Forgive me of complacency, God. Forgive me that I have sometimes brought in sin into your house. Purify me, God. Purify my hands and my heart and give me a fresh start. Come on, let's talk to him right now as a congregation in one mind and one accord. God, forgive us for the times we allowed the enemy to come in and bring divisions where there should be no divisions. I ask you, God, right now, to give us a fresh zeal that is so deep in our hearts that every time we come into this place, there would be a heart of prayer and praise. That every lost soul that would come into this place would feel the unity and want more. Let this be a house of prayer all week long. God, let there be prayer warriors that would be in this place. Come on, talk to him right now. Talk to him right now. Let's get real. God brings zeal to my home bring zeal to my home. I don't want to just come on every service and check it off my list. I want there to be zeal inside of my heart. It was zeal that created this church. It was zeal who brought souls in this. Lord, give me fresh zeal for your heart. Come on, that's it. Talk to him. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. If you need more information, visit us at the sanctuary.church. And we pray that in the days to come, God continues to bless and guide you. In Jesus' name.